0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students podcast. This week, Sophie Pott shares her story about anxiety in an interview style with Matt Dinsky. Sophie talks about growing up in a Christian home and becoming aware of her need for Jesus in high school. She connects anxiety with her journey and freedom from the addiction of pornography and how she talked with her parents and dug into God's word during that time. Sophie also talks through being trapped in shame and verses that she's clung to in the midst of anxiety, giving us hope and encouragement. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: All right, guys. Well, welcome to another Sunday night here at FGS. We are in the midst of our series called My Story, which every week has focused around someone's journey or story uh, in their walk with Jesus, maybe how they came to faith in Him, and then what did that decision look like to believe in him and then what has life been like since and so every week we've been hearing different stories about people's walks with Jesus and tonight we get to hear from our very own Sophie Pott. <laughs> she, she's like trying to be all cool but deep down she's like loving it. Um, so Sophie we are so excited. Whoa kind of a wobbly table there don't put your don't put your hope in that. We're so excited to hear your story tonight and just kind of hear about your journey. And so Sophie and I were talking about uh, this this week. <clears throat> Sounds weird, this this week. And um, we were talking through kind of uh, how we want to share your story. Sophie taught middle school a few weeks ago. You, you guys don't, yeah, you guys don't know this, but I've been begging Sophie to teach yes. for like years, years. Mm-hmm. and she's always told me, like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm like, okay. But then earlier this year, she started interning with us as one of our official high school interns, and I was like, Sophie, please, would you yeah, would you teach now? And she's like, okay, I'll make you a deal. If you teach at Southside, I will teach yeah. high school. And so I taught at the Spiritual Life Conference.
0: I didn't think he was yeah. actually yeah. going to do it. Huh? I know. <laughs> I she, thought I, she thought I would be like, oh, okay.
1: Um, but I taught at the Spiritual Life Conference, and then I came back around. I was like, yo, let's go. And she's like, no, deal's off. I was like, no, you can't. And then all of a sudden, I hear that you're teaching. You taught. I didn't hear that you are teaching. I heard that you had taught in middle school. And so I came up to you. I was like, Sophie, what the heck, man? I've been begging you for years. And you said, well, Dallas didn't ask me to teach. He just told me yes. I was going to teach. And I was like oh, well, if that's all it takes, well, then, Sophie, like, you, you are <laughs> yeah. teaching, so Sophie is here tonight uh, out of the full freedom that she feels based on me telling her she needs to do this, so, no, we were talking about how we want to do it, and we thought she, she was a little nervous to get up here all by herself, so I was like, oh, what if we just did, like, a Q&A kind of interview, like, chill thing, and she liked that idea, so, guys, like, it, like we can loosen up a little bit, help Sophie feel a little bit at home right now, <laughs> see, see, they're chilling, man. They're Thank chilling. You. They're vibing. We're a little nervous. And I tried to tell Sophie, I was like, look, I get nervous every single Sunday. Yeah. Um, so it's so normal to get to you get. You know nervous. what's cool, though? What is cool, though? So
0: last week I was praying because I was like, I really don't want to do this. You like, pray? With, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But with all my heart, like I did not want to do this at all. And
1: that hurts my feelings, yeah, man. It well, hurts sorry my feelings but. so deeply. It's true. Because Dallas, yes, I begged but. for years, and Dallas was like, "You're doing it," and he's yes, and she's like, "Okay." And <laughs> then I'm asking, do. and she's like, "I don't
0: want to." <laughs> I didn't want to do it for Dallas either. I really didn't, but I did it anyways. So I was praying last week, and I was like, "Well, since Matt actually gave me the like decision, like the choice." Yes. I was good, like, okay, I might as well make a good choice. So I was like praying for like a week and I was like, God, like I just, I feel so anxious in front of so many people. Like I didn't know why, but I was so anxious. And I like, I heard, um, what's her name? I don't know. Last week spoke. Christina. Christina yeah. And I heard her speak and she like looked so comfortable and I was like, that's not fair. Like, I don't feel that at all. Yeah. And she so wasn't. I was like,
1: you know that, right? Yeah. But like, She's she was like nervous.
0: Okay, but she looked like it. Okay. And so I was like, God, like, would you just give me, like, like, would you just take away my anxiety for it? And I w- haven't been anxious, like, all day, and I'm still not nervous, so. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> Props.
1: Um, all right. Uh, Sophie, shall we get started? I have our questions pulled up oh, right here. Okay. I'm ready, okay? Okay. Sophie Regina Pot, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Sure. All right. So why don't we just start with, like, just tell us a little bit about your childhood. Like, how did you grow up? Because again, the whole point of this series is to hear people's stories. And stories uh, often begin with the context of where that person came from. So just share with a little a little bit with us about your childhood. Like, what was your home life like? What was your family life? How did you grow up? What was that like?
0: Okay, so um, so I grew up in like a very Christian home, we went to church every Sunday, like I don't remember a Sunday not going to church, and um, I had very close relationships with my siblings, Maddie's right there.
1: Maddie! <laughs> Maddie, can you just wave to everyone she so that they know? She is my best friend, stand yes. up please. Yes. Yes. Stand
0: up, stand up.
1: Guys, give it up for Maddie Potts, Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so... Maddie,
1: Maddie Renee, Pie. And if anyone is in the need for a latte, a, yes. l- a nice latte, Bridge you work at City Bridge, Bridge Coffee. City Coffee. Go hit her up. <laughs> Thanks a latte. Go hit her up. All right. Ew, that was... Back to you. Okay,
0: so um, we were homeschooled, so we all, like all my siblings were very close. I was very close with my parents. Um, and I was homeschooled. We were all homeschooled, so we were like best friends. Um <laughs> um but That's
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't get it but,
0: uh and then we were at a co-op and God was like a, a big part of my life obviously like I heard about him all the time and like I loved him like I would say I was a Christian I loved Jesus or whatever but like it wasn't super personal until probably high school but um then I went to GMC, which is a charter school. Well, I was homeschooled, and then freshman year I went to GMC. And then that was, like, uh, uh, that was fine. That was good while I was at it, but looking back, there it was, was really not.
1: Good. It was really good, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> no, For any GMCers no. out there, it's great. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, it was good, but it just wasn't the greatest, like, influences, and that kind of got me, like mentally like not in the very right place so that was like not super amazing and then I moved to Southside because Maddie went to college and we were at GMC together and um, moved to Southside and that was like huge that was really really cool Um, and I met like really awesome godly community some of them over there And, um, and so that was like a big part of like kind of getting closer with the Lord and like my like finding my identity in him and like personally having that relationship with him because I knew him but I didn't really have that relationship.
1: Yeah so homeschooled all the way until middle school? Mm
0: -hmm. No high school.
1: Oh what's GMC? I thought that was Greenville Middle. No. No. Well yes but it's it's
0: called Greer Middle College but it's like the middle middle of college so high school. Oh it's
1: not middle school? No. Greer Middle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a long story. They should change their name. I know. Uh, All right, so you were homeschooled until high school. Yep. You went to GMC for?
0: Freshman, sophomore year.
1: Okay, two years. Yep. And then transferred to Southside? Yeah. Junior year. Mm -hmm. Go Sabres. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So when in that process did you place your faith in Jesus? Like when did you believe in Jesus?
0: Um... Probably, like, fre- or sophomore year, I think it got more like, okay, I really need God. Like, I can't do this on my own. And I saw a lot of people who, like, didn't have that personal relationship with God. Because, like, being homeschooled, I saw most people were, like, Christians or whatever. Like, I was at a Christian co-op, and I was with my family and stuff. And so, like, most people were Christians. Um, but... I definitely, like, started needing God more, I think, freshman, sophomore year, and just realizing, like, okay, what am I going to do, because nobody is kind of satisfying me the way that God could, Hmm. so I, like, kind of tried finding that in different things, like, from the friends that I saw, and that didn't work, and so, um, yeah, I just, that's kind of when, probably, like, freshman, sophomore year.
1: Okay. And like, what was the? Because what's interesting to me about your story is you said you grew up in a Christian home, yeah. and that there was not even a Sunday that you remember yeah. missing church, which is really amazing and a great, mm-hmm. I think, testimony to your parents. And we come from opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. because my family didn't grow up in church and it wasn't a Christian home. So it's neat to hear your perspective there. Uh, but I, I think an underlying assumption might be someone who grew up in a Christian home like you whose family is so strong and stable and was in church and taught you guys about Jesus, I'm sure, um, for it to be sophomore year, freshman, sophomore year of high school before you recognized your need for God is a really interesting part of your story to me. And so what was like the trigger uh, that made you realize you need God? And and while you think about that, I want to I do a little side uh, trail here because Sophie and I were talking this week, we were rehearsing a little bit, uh, like going through our questions. But one of the things you mentioned to me is part of growing up for you was comfortable. Yes. Like your, the faith was comfortable, the environment was comfortable. You, you, you know, didn't really feel challenged by that. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think what's profound about the way you're processing, uh, and you may not even realize you're connecting these dots, but I think one of the most detrimental things for our faith typically, is comfort. And I, I don't mean something like, oh, it's cold outside, so we need to turn the heat on, or, or like, hey, I like to have a soft blanket like the one we gave away. I'm not, I'm not talking about like comfortable like that. I just mean an unchallenged faith that is complacent and gravitates towards comfort, doesn't, doesn't get provoked, doesn't grow, doesn't get challenged, doesn't you know, have sin revealed and things like that. And it's just really, really hard to grow in our faith when it's comfortable. And so for you, and I think for many uh, students who grow up in the South, especially from a Christian home environment, it's this weird, like, almost this double-edged sword of, because I grew up in the Christian environment, I came to faith way later, because it was just so easy the whole time. Like, is that kind of accurate? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of the opposite. Like, I, I told Sophie throughout the week, I was like, man... For for my kids, though, because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, I have three kids. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, I, I like yeah. hardly ever talk about them. Hardly ever talk about them. I have three kids, but um, like for them, I want the complete opposite of what I had growing up. Mm-hmm. So I want to create a home with, with Christian values and based around love and uh, things like that. Um, so it's so interesting, like, we grow up in Christian homes, and we almost view it as like, ah, but it was just so easy. But then when you start to think about being a parent, you're like, no, but I want my kids to grow up in a Christian. home. like, it's just this weird double-edged sword. So what triggered for you your understanding of the need, the need for Jesus?
0: Okay, um, first off, when Matt asked me to share my story, I told him immediately, like, probably like two years ago. I was like, <laughs> no, like, I, like I don't yeah. have a story. And it hurt my heart. Okay. They
1: hurt my heart a lot. Well, sorry. Yeah, and you told me with that stank face, too. Sorry. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> no.
0: Okay, so, I, but I, like, truly thought, like, okay, I don't really have a story. Like, Like, I don't have, like, you know, my mom hasn't died or, like, something really big, serious hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of just like, oh, like... Eh, you know, I don't really have anything to talk about. So mm-hmm. then I started kind of realizing my need for the Lord kind of little after that. And um, so <laughs> so I've been praying for like two weeks whether really, I should.
1: <laughs> I get so nervous when you do that. Like I have no idea Sorry. what's about to come out, man.
0: <laughs> okay. So I've been praying for like two weeks whether I should share this because probably like five of my friends know um, but I struggled with pornography for like two or three years. And um, that was really horrible. Um, probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. I mean, probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Because um, it wasn't just like, oh, just choosing to be dumb. It was like, I, like addiction, like dopamine addiction, like um, just like any drug, really. And, um, so I struggled with that for a while and I, like, I knew it was wrong when I was dealing with it, but it was kind of like, okay, I'm crying every time I, like, every time I do it, but I don't realize, like, I, I have no idea how to, like, get rid of it. Like, I had no idea. I would tell my parents and they'd try different things, but, like, honestly, like, I, I was completely stuck into this. And so I remember just thinking, like, God, like, I've, I don't know what to do because I feel very shameful about this, and like apparently no girls struggle with pornography, that's not true (laughs) at all, Um, and like a lot of people would talk about it like, oh yeah, like guys struggle with it, like whatever, like 95% of guys struggle with pornography, and like 5% of girls struggle with it or whatever, and I think that like ticks me off because that's very not true, like I know a lot of girls and especially like through my story I've been able to share like a lot of girls have like told me like hey I struggle with it too or if I struggled with it. Um and that so through pornography that brought a lot of anxiety into my life and like it didn't exactly connect at the time. So I was just like it like I didn't even see the connection at all.
1: The connection between anxiety and pornography. And pornography.
0: Yeah. Um so I struggled with anxiety for like a long time and I thought it was just kind of like like I couldn't be without my mom like she was like my idol like she was like my satisfaction like she like that sounds weird but like I literally found all comfort in her and so that was super hard because like when she would even go for like a weekend I like Maddie knows like I would not be able to even like do anything like I was crying the whole time I just didn't I just found complete comfort in her um, and so I remember like kind of realizing, okay, like here's the connection, like finally realizing it took me until after I struggled with pornography that I, okay, these two things connect like anxiety and pornography because pornography was like a sin that I was like dealing with, but I didn't deal with it. Like I didn't like recognize it and I didn't decide to like actually choose to realize what was, what was like what I was going through, and, like, the effects of that, and I'm still having to deal with the effects of that right now, but, like, being able to, like, see that, like, God has, like, freed me from that, and nothing else could, like, it kind of sucks, but, like, nothing else could free me from that, but once I realized, like, okay, God, like, when I ask you for help, like, constantly, like, there was a point where I, like, gave up, like, I was, like, I've prayed every single time, and you haven't done anything, Um, but first of all, like, if anybody in here, like, like, since we're talking about it, has struggled with it or is struggling with it. Like, I'm totally here. I'm, like, super open to talking about it with you. And um, I also want you to know, like, if you're a girl dealing with it, like, like don't feel like you're the only girl dealing with it because a lot of girls deal with it, and it's it's a complete lie that, like, girls don't mm-hmm. struggle with it. So long story short, that's how I okay. realized, like, I needed God.
1: Like freshman, sophomore year? Yeah. And so you said you had struggled with pornography for like two to three years, so you discovered it in eighth grade?
0: Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just through like, I think friends talking about things, and it Mm -hmm. just kind of sparked like a curiosity, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like my parents, like I could have just asked them questions, but there was this thing where like, I couldn't, like it was awkward or Mm -hmm. uncomfortable or something. So that's kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. And like, did you you alluded to the fact that there's all these stigmas about it for girls, um, and just kind of like, oh, if you struggle with this as yes. a girl, you're probably the only one struggling yep. with it, and, and things like that. And because of those stigmas, it creates a lot of shame and a lot of mm-hmm. secrecy, and probably a lot of feelings of like, man, it's just not safe to talk mm-hmm. about. Or if I do, then I'm the just this weirdo, like, because mm-hmm. no one else is yeah. going through, right? And so, yeah, how did you find Freedom, like what was the pathway Mm. towards finally being vulnerable and courageous and and uh confessing these things and like Mm. what what did freedom look like for you
0: yeah I wish I knew like the day that I was freed from it because then I could tell everyone like this is what you have to do (laughs) but um so I don't know the cure exactly but God I mean I know God was definitely the cure for me with that um even though it took a while Mm -hmm. but freedom like Sometimes it doesn't feel like I was completely freed from it because I don't feel like I don't have the addiction anymore. Like it's been, I've probably been free from it for like a year or two. Mm. Um, But I definitely would say like leaning on like what actually God says, because since I realized like the anxiety and pornography that those two connected, it was like, okay, what does God say about anxiety? Because he doesn't really say much about porn in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad always told me the verse don't awaken love before it's time and that was like oh great (laughs) like because now I'm stuck like what do I do Um, and so I my like life is Philippians 4 6 and that's like that's the verse about do not be anxious for anything and through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving he'll give you peace and I kind of was like, oh, okay. Like, like peace. Like, I've been asking for that for years. Like, I've been asking for, to take this addiction away, to take my anxiety away. Like, both of those, I was, like, in jail. Like, both of those. And um, so, Philippians 4, 6, and then Matthew six thirty four says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I just remember, like, a lot of my anxiety, even though it was connected to porn, it was also, like, super fearful about, like, the future and, like, things I couldn't control. And, like, oh, my gosh, I don't have enough strength for, like, tomorrow. Like, this verse says, like, like God, like, gives you strength for literally just today. And so, like, I think, like, with the porn thing, it was, like, how am I ever going to get, like, over this? And, and also, like, well, I've, I hear that it, like, affects, is, affects you And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? Because, like, I've already dealt with it, so, like, I feel kind of stuck. And so, like, God's given me enough strength each day to be like, hey, like, I'm reteaching you. And, like, I thought I was pretty stuck. But, like, God is, like, reteaching me what love is and intimacy is and, like, his love for me looks like. And that's, like, been a huge freeing thing for me.
1: That's amazing. So so the scriptures, I feel like I hear you saying, yes. God has used his word to yes, speak into my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is amazing in and of itself, because I think sometimes when we get stuck in ruts of sin, we almost feel so ashamed that we convince ourselves, God doesn't even want me to open his word because I'm so filthy and I'm so dirty, which is a lie uh, from Satan. that Like, there's no qualification to opening God's word, but it sounds like in the midst of your sin, you allowed God's word to speak to you and wash over your heart, and bring conviction and then clarity, and mm-hmm. which is really really cool. And then I think I heard you say you also talked to your parents about this, which man I got to give you props. Like dude, uh, when I was in high school, I did not want to talk to my mom about anything, um, and I, I wish I had now looking back. But I was very like secretive, uh, especially before Jesus. And yeah, so like,
0: yeah,
1: like where did you find the courage? Mm-hmm to strike up this conversation yeah
0: well after it would happen I would be like bawling my eyes out so it wasn't very easy to like keep it a secret (laughs) (laughs) but I I think like for a while I was like oh nothing like Maddie didn't know until like two years ago or three years ago she Mm -hmm. didn't know and like so it wasn't like that obvious but I think like I didn't know who else to go to and I was so like like I was called the goody goody at school, and like everyone like look up to me or whatever. And so it wasn't like I was gonna go to my friends and say like, yeah. because you, know, you feel like you have to yes, uphold yes. their view of you? Yes, and I was very shameful about it. But um, I, I just texted them the other day because, like. They could have came at me very angry. Like, seriously, Sophie, like like we've done a better job with our kids. Like I know that sounds bad, but like that's kinda what I was envisioning. Like, I don't want to tell my parents because they would be disgusted or mad at me or look down on me or like they see me as this like thing and that's not who I actually am. Mm -hmm. Uh but like telling them like literally each time I told them, they would just like sit and pray with me and like tell me like truth and like Yes, they, like, helped me on different things, but Mm -hmm. it didn't really help the situation. But it helped me so much telling them, like, feeling like I didn't need to feel, like, shame and, like, that I was forgiven and that, like, God was going to free me from this. And, like, just know, like, your parents, like, they are actually out for your good, and if they're not, like, sorry, I'm really sorry. That actually, that's actually really... Sad, But, like, I do pray that, like, if you are struggling with it, that, like, you would, even if it's not your parents, like, that you would go and ask for help from, like, somebody who you look up to. Mm Because I honestly think that's what took me out of the shame of it is, like, knowing that, like, oh, like, they aren't going to kill me. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not, like, mad at me because this is something that, like, Satan uses completely.
1: Well, thanks for the courage to share, because mm-hmm. I, I do think it's hard um, <clears throat> for this category in particular, harder for a female to be vulnerable mm-hmm. with it and to share. So thank you so much for your example of courage. That's really amazing. And pointing us to God's word. Um, yeah, give it up for so
0: Thank you. So,
1: <clears throat> Sophie, I have two questions for you uh, coming coming out of this. One is, like, how, what would you say to someone who approaches me exactly like you did, who's like, mm, I don't have a story worth sharing. Like, my life's boring. and Especially, I think, sometimes students from Christian backgrounds who's like, mm-hmm. like, like what, what advice would you give someone who views their journey and where God has brought them with kind of this mundane, boring, like, oh, there's nothing really worth telling. Like, what advice would you give a student who views their story as insignificant?
0: Hmm. I mean, okay, so Matt first told me he was like, everybody has a story, and I was like, okay. Yeah. But um, I think, like, I didn't, when I was going through different things, and, like, even the anxiety and stuff, like, I was still, that was when I was probably going through anxiety, and I was like, I, I don't have a story. Like, what are you talking about? My life is just, you know, normal, I guess. And, um, but it was after the fact that I was, like, oh, like I could use this as like an example or like I could use this to influence other people or like free other girls and guys from this addiction and stuff, like from my understanding of it and being able to pray for them and encourage them. Um, but yeah, I would just say like, like literally every single one of you do do have a story and like they're all different and I think that's why they make, like I, that's why I think it's so interesting because like, none of you have the same story. Like, they might be alike, but they're not the same. And, like, they can influence other people. And so, like, when you're not really sure, like, to share or not, like, know that, like, that's a way that God can really, really use you to, like, grow somebody else or speak to somebody else. And, like, even if it's, like, looks minuscule to you, like, it's not. Because somebody else is, like, probably, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not the only one that's dealing with that. And even feeling like you don't have a story to say that, Mm -hmm. people are probably going to say, like, wow, me too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I told you this this week, but uh, so last week after Christina shared, um, (laughs) (laughs) like... Christina is one of my old students from my old church, and man, we're just tight. And um, she's a good family friend. She loves my kids and, and my wife. And so she came and spent the night with my wife and I, and we like debriefed the night, and like, oh, how'd it go? And my wife, Lauren, wanted to hear from Christina how it went. But it's so funny to hear Christina talk about it because her perspective is like, oh, I was so nervous. I don't know if what I shared, shared is good. I'm like, you're so dumb. Like, it was amazing. Um, but it's easy to hear someone like Christina Who's just like?
0: I healed a boy. Wow!
1: Like I I need to drop out of college and magically have the money in my account, and I'll just go to this country, and I don't speak the language, and then someone will find me. It's easy to hear a story like hers and be like, "Well, I'm not walking with Jesus." And then Matt asks you the
0: next day to share your story. It's
1: just, I was like, "So, how about you?" (laughs) It's easy, but I, I have, I'm reminded myself, like. Christina's story is is unusual. It's it's not unusual for God, but it's unusual for everybody to have those experiences. And Christina's very free-spirited and she's just very in tune with the spirit. And um, and same thing with the Bible. Like we read the Bible and we're like, miracle, 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 miracle. Like, how come I can't heal somebody with my shadow? Like we read these things, and it's like, well, these are like thousands of years. Like thousands and thousands of years, and these stories are like cherry picked over the course of those thousands of years, so that they seem like one after the other, but they don't happen all that often. So, I think it's important to remember, like, dude, God is working in different people in different ways, and your story is significant because it's how God is working yes. in your life, and it's different than how He's working in their life. And when we get into the comparison game of yeah. testimonies, we actually begin to tarnish. The beauty of jesus which yeah. that's where our stories are supposed to point point. and i was right there anyway, i was, I was like, like i don't
0: have <laughs>
1: i don't have a story because yeah. i didn't wildly rebel yeah. in my youth like no dude yes. like you have a story so thank you all right second question what advice would you give to anybody in the room who's not living in the mentality of like oh my story is boring but living in the worldview like i am trapped by shame mm-hmm. uh, and it sounds like you were there for number of years so like what advice would you give what are some steps we can
0: take to get out of shame yeah that (laughs) I was in that for a while um I don't have sadly I don't have like the answer to that like I know I know that like there's a lot of reasons to feel shame about stuff like that and like even just like choices in the past or like whatever but I think, like, going back to, like, the truth of, like, like, I have forgiven you. Like, come to me and, like, I will forgive you and I will, like, love you. Mm -hmm. And, like, knowing that, like, love from the Lord, like, is so powerful. Because, like, we don't, like, there's no reason to feel shame because that doesn't do anything. Like, that verse, like, being anxious doesn't add an hour to your day. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's very true. Because, like, being anxious or like, being shameful or something, like, that's not helping the situation. Like, it's only hurting you more. And also, like, if I stood up here and I was like, guys, I'm so shameful about, like, pornography. Like, like, don't look at me. Like, I'm not worth it and stuff. That's kind of how I lived for a while. But I wouldn't be able to use my story, like, to encourage. Because if I was shameful, then I'm proving to you guys that you should be shameful too. And, like, that's not, that's not the case. And, so you totally have the opportunity to, like, share your story and, like, of, like, hey, guys, this is what God's been doing in my life or this is what I've struggled with. And, like, you can, like, communicate that with other people and connect with other people. That's a good word. So don't be shameful about it. Yeah. Like, there's no reason.
1: Yeah, it's, it, that's a great word. And it's a good reminder, like, when you dig into the scriptures and you understand the character of Jesus, um, conviction of sin comes from jesus and his spirit like you you're sinning you did something wrong well your heart should kind of wrench a little bit that's conviction of sin but shame is not from jesus and it's never from jesus and those things uh, are derived from the enemy and the lies he Mm -hmm. gives us conviction says hey you just did something wrong shame says you are something wrong and those are two very different things so it's a good word and a good reminder from you, thanks for that. Uh, so, if I want to bring it back to the anxiety a little bit, because I think uh, statistically speaking, this generation struggles with anxiety higher than any yes. generation ever, um, for a lot of reasons. I've heard anxiety described as trying to carry tomorrow's load with today's strength, mm-hmm. which which gets into some of the passage you were talking about out of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. But, like. Um, You mentioned pornography and that was contributing to your anxiety, but like how was anxiety manifesting in your life during those years? Like um, what were you nervous about? What were you worrying about? How did it affect you in the day to day? Were there other contributing factors as well? Like what was going on in terms of your anxiety?
0: Um, Well, I was, I was, I don't know if I'd say I was like depressed, but I was sad a lot, like a lot. (laughs) I was crying a lot, and I, like, honestly, like, I could not, like, point to why. So, like, sometimes I'd be, like, I'm in the car. Like, I remember this one time, and I, like, I'm in the car, and I just start crying, and my mom's right there, and she's, like, what's wrong? And I'm, like, well, I just know you're going to die. Like, you're just, you're going to die sometime. And I know that sounds funny, but, like, I'm not even joking. Like, I would think of things like yeah. that, and I'd be, like, I have no control over that. Like, you're going to die. I know you are. I can't do anything about that. And, like, like it was very things like like i'm saying like is that, that why i you were wasn't
1: in my office the other day were you worried about me that's so sweet that is so sweet so thank you so much
0: <laughs> 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 it was like oh yeah it was okay so anyways um what was i talking about your mom oh um yeah so i was super like i would be anxious about death and i'd also be anxious about like things that could happen or like just fears like fears of like everything like everything of the future like what am I going to do if this happens and like where am I going to go if this happens and it was very all about me (laughs) and that's the big thing about like anxiety is like when you get so focused on yourself and like put a flashlight on yourself then like of course you're going to be anxious because you you have not like you can't do anything about it and Like, without the Lord, like, we can do nothing, like, with that anxiety and that nervousness and that, like, uncontrollable, like, just sadness. Yeah. And so I was very overwhelmed about that and just kind of felt like in a pit. Wow.
1: Yeah, I remember, I think you told me in my office, you were just worried about, like, all these what-ifs, just, like, things that would never happen, ever. Mm -hmm. I mean the mortality of your mom, yeah, okay, that's, that's a reality. But like other things are just like these crazy scenarios that would never happen, and, and they just became real to you. Like you would start to manifest the fears of them in you, and, and so that was starting to control your day-to-day, your peace. And so you mentioned it a few minutes ago, but, but you started to allow God's Word yeah. to speak to your heart, which I think is amazing because the truth is, I think oftentimes we know this is good, uh, like we consider it as good, but we actually don't submit to it as good, like big difference between submitting under it and then considering it. Mm-hmm. And you allowed it to speak to you. And you referenced, uh, a passage, Philippians four, mm-hmm. and I'd like to read it real quick because you said this is your life verse, but I, I'm going to kind of read the context around this life verse, but Philippians four, starting in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. Let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. Now, how is that possible?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Like I don't know. Like this is that this is that passage where you're like, no, Paul, you don't get it, dude. Like you don't get mm-hmm. it. And anxiety is is kind of at the crossroads between like least least understood and least controlled. Like you, you just don't see it coming and you can't do anything about it. And where those two meet, you just, yes. like you have this anxiety. And Paul's saying, hey, don't don't let anything make you anxious. And are like, dude, come on, man. That's not real. But then you dig into Paul's life a little bit and how like dude is shipwrecked and almost died a ton of times and got beat up all the time and had to like sneak away for his life and got arrested and locked in prison for years. I mean, this dude has been through some hard times. And I think if anyone can say... Hey, (laughs) like worrying doesn't merit much. It might be this guy, but he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so you were talking about your anxiety earlier and you said, man, I just didn't have peace. Mm -hmm. And this passage not only speaks about anxiety, but it speaks about peace. And so Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication. And I want to pause there because most people read it just like that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And they totally overlook with thanksgiving, which is like the key initiative here, the key invitation. And so I think a lot of people read this passage and they walk away with this conclusion. Oh, I'm feeling anxious. If I just pray, God will take it away. And that's not what this passage says at all, what this passage says is when you're feeling anxious, you pray to God and you give thanks to God, mm-hmm. and the peace of God will protect your hearts and minds. Like this peace surpasses all understanding. And so, one of the things we talked about about anxiety is that the peace of God is not the absence yeah. of anxiety. And somewhere that's how people have started to understand this passage. That if I'm anxious, I pray and it goes away, and now I have God's peace, and that's not accurate so so t- speak to that a little bit, like we talked about God's peace in my office, but like what what have you learned over the years about God's peace? Uh, yeah, readjust if you need to. I mean, yeah, like get get settle in, but what what have you learned about God's peace, especially from this passage? What insights can you give us about that?
0: Yeah, at first, I read that like the first time I read that, or my mom told it to me, I was like peace? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, like, I don't get that. Like, I don't have peace and I've asked for it. I don't have peace. Because I was thinking of peace as like what you said, like the absence of what you're going through. Or like the absence of the addiction or the absence of your bad decisions or the absence of your home life or whatever. But it's not that. Like, it's, I mean sometimes it is. Sometimes he gives you freedom. But peace, like it's this like thing that surpasses all understanding. Like, it's this thing that like you can't describe at all (laughs) but like it was like this like comfort in the midst of when I was anxious and comfort in the midst of when I was addicted to porn and comfort in the midst of like really hard stuff at home and like just different stuff like that like it was like comfort from this thing that was like on my shoulder even though like things of this world was happening but like he was just still like right here like kind of cheering me on and like just holding me through all yeah. that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and when we talked earlier in the week, the conclusion we we both agreed with is is basically peace is not the absence of the circumstance; yes. it's the presence of His Spirit. Yeah. And Paul does this really interesting thing in Philippians four. He starts talking about uh, the peace of God, and then he starts to flip it. He's like he does this little play on words. He talks about peace of God and God of peace, peace of God and God of peace. And, and really in Paul's theology, the peace of God is not a something, it's a someone, and he would point yeah. to the spirit, God's peace is God's spirit, and if you have God's spirit, you have God's peace, mm-hmm. and God's peace is permanent, and circumstances are temporary, and God's peace is present in the midst of circumstances, not in the absence of circumstances, which I'm hearing you say, like his peace was in the midst of my anxiety, yeah. his peace was in the midst of my pornography, and things like that, yeah. so I think that's a good word. So praying, like it's not a gimmick. It's not like, oh, let me pray my anxiety melts away. It's, no, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. Let me pray and give thanks. And man, that is key because yes. when we start giving thanks, it repostures our mind. Like,
0: whoa. Off of ourselves. Yeah, like yeah. there's so
1: many things to be thankful for. Life is good. Wow, I can point to tangible things and find joy. Like it's this um, practice of recalibrating our thought process in that moment and then being reminded we have his mm. presence as a permanent yeah. indwelling spirit which is really really cool like yeah. that is what peace is so all right so the last question of the night
0: <laughs>
1: you ready yeah all right if you could give like a bit of advice to your generation if you could speak to your generation as a whole and give some advice like a bit of advice to your generation what would it be and'm I'm, I'm like pointing Something spiritual here, not like, hey, avocado toast, <laughs> like, like something.
0: Huh. I know we talked about this, but I kind of forgot my answer, so I'm just. Gonna okay. Yeah, that's think. no problem. That's why we rehearse. Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. We got to work out the kinks before. So. so that's, that's yeah, we yeah. Do um. <laughs> I, okay, there's a lot of things I would say, but I guess I have to choose one.
1: Um, you can say multiple.
0: No. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> I would say, kind of relating back to, like, this, my story or whatever. Um, I mean, my story. Relating back to my story. Yeah. Uh, yeah I would definitely encourage you guys, like, it's easy when you're going through stuff to, like, feel like, God is absent, like, Mm -hmm. like, not just his peace is absent, but, like, he's just not listening, like, he's just not here, he's just not answering my stuff, or whatever, and that can get super, uh, hurtful, like, in, in your life, like, if you just kind of let him go, and, like, okay, it's just not working, and, but I've learned, like, if you really do keep asking him, even when he's not exactly, Like, doing what you are asking. Like, he is actually in the process of that. But by you just kind of giving up and stuff, like, that's not what he wants to see. And, like, that's exactly what Satan wants to see. Like, the devil just wants to kind of be like, it's not working. Like, it's not working. Stop, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's kind of what what could hurt you in the future. So I definitely would just encourage you guys, like, First of all, if you're going through stuff, like, talk to somebody. I know that sounds cliche, but, like, that's almost probably the only way you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and second of all, just, like, don't give up on, like, asking the Lord for help and peace in the midst of it. Because he, like, I am literally just an example of, like, he will give it to you.
1: Yeah. man, that's a good word. I'm going to sum it up, maybe. Yeah. Advice number one would be vulnerability, sharing. Yes inviting others into your journey. Mm -hmm. Like our our faith, our belief in Jesus is an individual decision, but it's not an individual faith. It's a communal faith. We need each other. And I think that's what you're pointing to. And the second thing I think you're pointing to is like a a resilience, just this ongoing following of Jesus, Mm -hmm. even in the face of difficulty, Mm -hmm. Um, which man, like honestly my favorite book in the whole Bible, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, that is my jam. Maddie Pomp made me this beautiful, like, thing on her iPad. I, I didn't know it was from you. It was just on my desk after I taught the women's Bible yeah, study. Yeah, sorry. Well, I taught, I taught the women's Bible study, like, that week uh, in Hebrews. And then oh. I find this thing on my desk. And I was like, oh, I guess it's from the women. <laughs> but it was from you, just randomly. It was awesome. But my favorite book, and that book is all about people who are experiencing temptation to be done with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm out. And the author is just like, no, he's better. He's the best. He's worth it. He's great. Like just so many pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus. So I think I hear that's what you're saying. Depend on others. Ask for help. Vulnerability. Commitment. Determination. Resilience. Yes. Awesome. Sophie Pot, thanks so much. Great word for us tonight, man. I love it. You did awesome. You did awesome.